excited about this series that we're going to be uh, looking at. So uh, the other day, um, I had ordered something from Amazon. How many ordered anything from Amazon Prime Day the other day? Yeah, how many of you got great deals? And if you're not on Amazon Prime, you are missing out. Um, I tell you, uh, we, we had this rocket that the, the, the kids' area got a couple of weeks ago, and my little son Evan saw it, and it was in our house for a little bit, and we had to hide it from him. And for like a week straight, all we kept hearing every time we woke up, rocket, rocket, rocket. I want rocket. I want rocket. So being, you know, a dad who uh, can't resist your son saying, I want. And so uh, I went online and like these cardboard rockets were like 30 bucks. I'm like, I'm not spending 30 bucks on a car- piece of cardboard, but Amazon Prime Day, $11. I'm like, sold, you got me. And so I got something else on Amazon Prime Day as well. This was like a, uh, I think it's like a $24 purchase. And uh, I got this bad boy for $8. And uh, I was super excited when I got it. So many of you think, why on earth has our pastor got a doll of an almost naked guy? And uh, I'm not kind of weird or anything. And so, uh, but this, if you grew up in the 90s, I think it was, then this was the most awesome toy you probably ever had. You could have had a bunch of different things, but this was the most awesome toy. And uh, the other day, my son got hold of this, and uh, he suddenly realized the awesomeness of what this toy really is. So his name, last name is Armstrong. His first name is Stretch. On his own, he just looks a little weird. I'll be honest, you know, looks a little bit like a jock. And, uh, and you're thinking, what on earth? But this guy, he transforms, transforms. His first name, his last name is Armstrong. His first name is Stretch for a reason, because this guy... And I must have got weaker in my old age because he's not as easy to stretch as I remember him used to be. But this guy will stretch right out as far as he can go. And that's his arms and then his legs and he stretches right out. Anyone else can get in that position all at home? I bet not. And then he goes right back to normal. Actually, the box even tells us Stretch Armstrong, it says he can stretch up to four times his size. How many of you would like to stretch up to four times your size? Many of you are trying to slim down to half your size. But he can stretch up to four times his size. And kids will play with this forever and ever. And my little son started playing with this forever the other day. And he just kept stretching it and stretching it and stretching it. See, Stretch Armstrong by himself is just an average kind of toy. Maybe just a few little boys would play with it or whatever. But there is more to Stretch Armstrong that meets the eye. He stretches, he becomes dynamic, and he becomes the most awesome toy any child could ever have. So if you want to make your children pleased this Christmas, get them a Stretch Armstrong. It will take you back to the 90s, and your kids will love it. Have you ever seen a rubber band? You know, you've got rubber bands by themselves. They're just useless. They're nothing. They, 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 they don't have any purpose at all. But once you start to stretch them because they were designed to stretch, they become a, 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 an item that becomes a valuable item. It has many purposes. And these products, they are designed to stretch. In their normal state, they are very boring, 
and they are almost worthless. But when they start to stretch, they become dynamic and they become effective and useful. And I wonder in our lives right now, how many of us are just living in a normal state? Just our normal state. Like Stretch Armstrong, we're just sitting here just on the shelf and we're really not doing anything. We're just normal. But we were designed to be stretched. We were designed to be dynamic. We were designed to be different and to be stretched just like Stretch Armstrong. The word stretch means to extend out to the full length. It means to make something longer or wider without tearing. So any of you guys who think like you are strong this morning, I challenge you after service while we're eating ice cream to take Stretch Armstrong and see if you can tear Stretch Armstrong. If you can stretch him out so you can break it. There's not many people here this morning who could. Maybe Andy could, but that's about it. That's all. No one else, I don't think, could this morning. Stretch, stretch Armstrong, for he was designed to be stretched without tearing or breaking. Now, think about every time you do physical activity. Whenever you do physical activity, many of you, if I asked you just to go run over the road... You would start running and many of you like might pull a hamstring or pull a calf muscle or the next morning you will be aching and can't get out of bed because you haven't ran for a long time. But what you need to do before you do physical activity, before and after physical activity, you need to stretch your muscles. You need to do some stretching, some dynamic stretching, and then, uh, and then some static stretching. And the reason that you do that, it is wise to stretch because you are warming up your muscles and you are loosening your muscles for the activity that is to come. So you stretch before you do physical activity. For, for those of you, maybe you're in the business world, and uh, whatever job you have in the business world, there's probably somebody in your company or organization who is called the sales guy. And let's take, for example, a guy called Bob. Bob is a sales guy, and Bob sells widgets. And Bob just came off a great year, and this year, last year, Bob sold 305 widgets. He was feeling pretty good about himself. So at the end of the year, his boss calls him into the office and says, Bob, let's come and take a review of the year and let's take a look at next year. And so Bob's feeling pretty good about himself because he sold 305 widgets. And his boss sits him down. He says, okay, Bob, we're going to go over what, uh, what we want you to do next year. He says, so next year, he says, you have a target of selling 300 widgets next year. So Bob's feeling pretty good about himself. He was like, I can do that. I can sell 300 widgets. Last year I sold 305, so I know it's within me to sell 300 widgets. But any salesperson will know this. The conversation doesn't end there. Because then Bob's boss will tell him, but Bob, it doesn't stop there. Bob, we expect you to sell 300 widgets, but if you want to qualify for bonus, then you are going to need to sell 350 widgets. Now, Bob isn't feeling so good about himself because he realizes last year he could sell 305, but 350, that would take a little bit more work. I'm going to have to work harder. I'm going to have to work smarter just to qualify for bonus. But any good sales guy knows the conversation doesn't stop there. Because even though 350 is his bonus, where his bonus starts, 
Bob is thinking now, I need to sell 350 uh, widgets. But then Bob's boss says this, but Bob, I'm going to give you a stretch goal. And the stretch goal will this, it will take your bonus and it will take it from here and then it will give you this. It's a life-changing amount for Bob that if Bob can get this many in the stretch goal, so Bob's thinking, well, how many do I need to sell for my stretch goal? And Bob's boss says, you need to sell 400 widgets. Now, if Bob is a good sales guy, Bob isn't thinking about 300 widgets. He's not thinking about 350 widgets. Bob is thinking about the stretch. He's thinking about 400 widgets because he knows that it is within his grasp, even though it may be a little harder and he needs to stretch even further. He knows he needs to do that to make this life-changing amounts. And when it comes to our journey of faith that we are all on, this is often what God is doing to you. God is giving you stretch goals. God has a purpose and a calling for your life, and often it is a stretch. Often it, he wants you to take you to a place that you don't even think that you can go to, that is very uncomfortable. It feels very not normal to do it. For you were designed not just to stay in your normal state like Stretch Armstrong, You were designed to become dynamic and a light to this world when you are in stretch mode. Now, there are seasons in life when God will stretch you. Firstly, he will stretch you to show you what you are capable of through him to do and to be. And secondly, he will stretch you to show this world that you are stronger and that you are bigger and that you are more tear resistant than anybody who does not have Christ by themselves, by their sides. So this morning, we're going to look through a, a book in the Bible that's in the, in the New Testament. And through this series, we're going to be going through this book. And it's found to, to, to kind of in the middle towards the end of the New Testament. And it is called the second book of Thessalonians. So if you have any Bibles, if you want to turn to the second book of Thessalonians. And if you want a clue where it is, find First Thessalonians. And then it's right after First Thessalonians. Good clue, right? And this is what it says. It says, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So I'm reading chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica. To you who belong to God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So before we talk about anything, let's just talk a little bit about the background of Thessalonians. So it's written by three people. We are told this is a letter that is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to a church that is located in a city called Thessalonica. And they call themselves Thessalonians. It would be like us calling ourselves Valerians or Harfordcountians, right? So that's kind of what, what it would be. And so it's three people who wrote this this letter. Most people think it was the Apostle Paul, and he probably wrote most of it, but his friend Silas and then his prodigy Timothy also wrote it as well. Now, Thessalonica at the time was the largest city in a region in Eastern Europe called Macedonia. And it was located on one of the largest or or, or most frequent Roman roads that went from the east to the west. So it was like a a gateway road from Europe into Asia. 
Now, it was at this city that the Apostle Paul started a church that we now know as the Thessalonians. Now, this, this city was like any other large city. It was uh, full of commerce, full of business. There was people from all different walks of life, all different nationalities. There was different skin colors. There was different languages. And there was all different faiths in this city. There was a big Jewish uh, uh, contingent in this city. And when the Apostle Paul first went into the city, you find this in the book of Acts, It tells us that he went for three Sabbaths on the row, so three Saturdays on a row. He went to the synagogue and he reasoned with the Jews that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And then the Bible tells us that there was an uproar in the city and and, and right beside Paul was a guy called Silas who was his kind of travel buddy. And, uh, And there was this uproar so much so that Paul and Silas had to sneak out of the city and escape uh, for fear of their lives. But despite all this, a church was started and the church was a strong, thriving, healthy church. Now, Paul, as he snuck out of Thessalonica, he wanted to find out what was going on a little later with the church. So he sent his young prodigy, Timothy, to go and find out. And Timothy came back and he gave a report and it was a positive report. And Timothy said this, that the people are growing in the city, that the the church is growing, they're growing in their faith. These people have a passion for God. They needed a little help with some holy living, you know. They, they, they were partying a little too much on a Saturday night before coming to church on a Sunday morning. But, but that's okay because we can work with that. But they were, part, they were passionate for God. But Timothy's report also tells us this, that the people at the church of Thessalonica, they were being stretched. And God was stretching them. And through their stretching, these people were growing in their faith. And this is what I I know. God wants to stretch you. God does not want you to stay in your normal state. God wants to stretch you so that you can grow and become stronger in your faith. Let's carry on reading 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3. It says, dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecution and hardships that you are suffering. So we see here there's something unique and beautiful about this church at Thessalonica. And this is what we find out, that the people of the church of Thessalonica, they are flourishing in their faith and they are growing in their love for one another. They are flourishing in walking this journey of faith for God, that they're not letting things trip them up and then they are getting tied to as a community and they are actually starting to grow in their love for each other. It's not just somebody they see once a week and say, hey, how's it going? But they're actually growing in love for one another. They're praying for one another. They're helping each other out. They're lifting each other up. And this is a sign of a healthy church. Now, 
in this day and age, we look at different churches and we, we determine different factors, whether a church is healthy and we look at a church's attendance or we look at a church's membership role or we look at how many baptisms the church does a year. We, we often look at a church's budget or the size of their building. Uh, sometimes we're, we, we look at how many service projects a church is doing to discover if they are healthy and then we determine if they are healthy or not. But the reality is there's only two ways that you can determine if a church is healthy, and that is this. If they have passion for Jesus and they have passion for each other. That's the only way you can determine if a church is healthy, not by size, not by budget, not by the type of people that are there, not even by the way that they worship. You can only determine their passion for Jesus and their passion for each other. I put it this way. Ask yourself, are people growing in their faith? And is the church unified in their love for each other? See, the incredible factor about these Thessalonians is they had a healthy church. They were growing in their faith. They were growing in their love for each other. But all this was happening through an intense season of stretching. Life was uncomfortable for the church at Thessalonica. These people were going through suffering and persecution and pain and hardships. And I've noticed this. There often seems to be a correlation when it comes to our journey of faith between being stretched in our faith and growing in our faith. You very, very seldom in the Bible see someone just sitting in their normal state and they are growing to become all that God wants them to be. When you read through the Bible, you see story after story after story of God just stretching people. And it's through that stretching that they are growing. Our spiritual muscles are just like our physical muscles. We need a form of resistance to help them become stronger. If you want to grow your muscles, there's a few ways you can do it. You can take some steroids, wouldn't recommend it. You can, you know, you can go and put on a, one of those costumes, blow yourself up a little. It's not going to be very comfortable. Or you can start getting resistance against your muscles. You can lift some weights. You can do things that, that is causing your muscles to grow. And that is exactly what happens with our spiritual muscles. We need resistance to help them to grow. And it's in moments like these when you feel stretched, where you feel that there are hardships and maybe sufferings and even persecution, that you start to grow in your faith and you find that you become stronger and stronger. The book of James which was written by Jesus' brother James, found, found towards the end of the New Testament. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4 tells us this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So James tells us here, when you're going through hardship and you're going through struggle and you're going through hardship, consider it a moment for joy. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. 
But James is saying this, because when, it, when that happens, then your endurance is growing. Your endurance in your faith is growing. And it says when your endurance is complete, that means when, when you can do like five sets of 20 reps and without even like breaking a sweat, he says, then this is what happens. Your endurance is complete and you will be made perfect. You'll be living in the purposes that God has for your life. Now, I love watching my wife work out, not because I'm like weird or anything like that. So don't think that. Even though she's my wife, so who cares what you guys think, right? (laughs) But I love watching my wife work out because I kind of laugh and chuckle every time she does it. And I'm glad she's left the room on this. So (laughs) because she will swear I do the same, but I do not. But when she's working out, I'll be watching her and I'll be like, you're doing it wrong. And she'll look at me and she says, no, I'm not doing it wrong. I says, yes, you are. You're not doing it as you're supposed to be doing. You're doing some different exercise. And she says, yeah, I'm doing the modified version. Any of you people here do modified versions? You want to, like, like, admit to the modified version? Okay. So push-ups are the biggest one. She's like, I can't do them. I can't do push-ups. So she does this, like, knees on the floor modified version. And, and I laugh. I was like, yes, you can. You can do it. She goes, no, I can't. She goes, I, it just makes me feel sick and, and my muscles aren't strong enough. And I was like, that's exactly why, because you keep doing the modified version. If you do the real version, you start slowly and you build up the resistance. But if you're not having a sweat doing the modified version, how's that doing anything for you at all? So she still does the modified version. I'm still working on her. And so many of us in our faith, We want the modified version. We don't want to do the full push-up. We want to just get on our knees and do some, I don't even know what they do. You don't want to do star jumps. You want to just step out like you're dancing or something. And that's what happens in so many people's faith. They don't want to do the full version. They want to do the modified version. But this is what I know. The more tension that you have, the more pushback you have, the stronger you become. And so some of you, you are going through a moment in your life where God is stretching you and you are praying, God, please stop, please stop. I just want the modified version. And God is saying, no, I am working you out. I am building you up. I am making you stronger. I am making you grow. To quote Kelly Clarkson, she says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's kind of biblical, but not really. Because Jesus isn't in the killing business. He's not in the death business. Jesus is in the life business. And so this is really what the real theological version should be of Kelly Clarkson's song. What feels like it's killing you is making you stronger. And you feel like God may be killing you right now with the stretching that's going on. And maybe you're going through some stretching in your finances or stretching in your marriage or stretching dealing with your kids or stretching in your career. And this is really what's happening is God is making you stronger. See, stretching can be hard. It can be painful. It's often very uncomfortable. And sometimes it shows us just how inflexible we really are. I'm not going to tell you how inflexible I am. The splits, I dream of the splits. This is what happens to the Thessalonians. So they've been going through this hardship and persecution. It says this, and God will use this persecution to show his justice and make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. And God will provide rest for you 
who are being persecuted. And also for us when the Lord appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels with flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and those who refuse refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his people, praise from all those who believe. And this includes you, for you believed what we told you about him. The suffering the Thessalonians were going through was a way of God showing his justice to the world. He was showing them that they were being qualified as worthy of the kingdom of God. I love the words that Paul used. He says that God is using this to qualify you for the kingdom of God. I ask you today, are you worthy of the kingdom of God? Well, in and of yourself, no, you're not. But through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, you are worthy of the kingdom of God. And this is what stretching does. It's the grace of God working through you to make you qualified for the kingdom of God. Notice this. He said, oh, to, make, to qualify you for the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be qualified? It means that you've gone through a period of testing to make sure that you are at a level that you can. You can't be a CPA and just take an online accounting class. You can't be a lawyer and just do an undergrad in law school. You can't be a doctor and just be an expert in WebMD, right? You have to go through testing. You have to go through, 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 through periods and seasons where you are learning. And that is exactly what God was doing to the Thessalonians. Your stretching also shows the world that you are not normal. Now, I can tell you that, but you may not know that yourself. You're not normal. Some of you may look in the mirror every morning and think, yeah, I know, I'm not normal. But the reality is, is you're not normal because most people, this is their state. And if you were to do this to them, they would just get in the fetal position and just give it all up. But you're not normal because when God stretches you, you're like, we can take it for God is with us. Because we are dynamic. We are light to the world. So often those hard seasons we go through, we think they will never end. We think this will never, ever end. But the reality is this, is a season of stretching is just that. It's a season. Stretching isn't a permanent state. It's only for a limited period of time. Without stretching, you can hurt yourself. It helps people to become more supple. It helps our muscles not to ache. And it actually helps us to rest better when it's time to rest. And this is what God told the Thessalonians, or Paul told the Thessalonians. He says, you're going through this season of stretching right now, but it's going to end. And on the other side, there is a season of rest. No one likes to be stressed, stretched. None of us like seasons when life is uncomfortable. Everyone likes the result of stretching, though. They like what it does to their stamina and their strength. There are seasons in life where we don't like what is going on around us. But often these are essential seasons to our life, for they are conditioning us for greater things to come. And the faster that you reach that moment of the stretch, the quicker You will be towards the goals that God has for your life and the perfection that he's trying to do in you. 
The easier you allow God to form you, the faster your season of rest is here. Let's bow our heads in prayer. So while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, just very quickly before we close out this service this morning. Some of you, you're going through moments of stretching. Maybe your finances are stretched right now. Maybe you've got some relationships that have just been stretched and even strained. Maybe your career is stretching you right now. Or maybe those kids that used to be angels and are stretching you like crazy. Maybe your marriage is being stretched. Maybe God is stretching you because he's wanting you to make steps of faith and you know you need to go into a season where life is going to be uncomfortable. You don't know the plan. You don't know the future. But you know God is just wanting you to step out. Those are seasons of stretching. And if you're going through that season right now, I want to tell you, firstly, that season will end. The stretch doesn't happen forever. But it's there to help you grow. It's there to help you get stronger. It's there to help you develop and condition you for greater things that are to come in your life. See, God's purpose for your life is way bigger. Much more grander than whatever you could do by yourself. And you need God to work in and through you and God to do some amazing things to see that purpose and that calling come to pass. But it also requires some stretching. And so I'm going to pray for you this morning. And if you're going through that season in your life, then just pray with me. And as we pray together, we pray that God will sustain us, that God will hold us up, that his peace will come and just develop within us and overwhelm us. And he will give us the strength to carry on as we allow him to stretch us.